Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports soccer podcast. I'm Sandra Adeda, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports, joined today as always by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, it's going to be a meaty one. We've got some potatoes to get into today. We've got NWSL news and notes for you all. Lots of news coming out of Angel City, but we'll also be previewing some midweek matches happening on Wednesday. Kansas City versus Racing Louisville FC and Portland Thorns versus Gotham FC. Lots to get into today, but first, I just want to remind you all that you can find us on Twitter at Attacking Third. And another reminder that you can watch Full NWSL extended highlights at youtube.com slash attacking third. Go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page so you don't miss a thing. So many so many types of action in the, all those highlights, Lisa. I love those extended highlights so much on attacking third. You can get lengthy ones. I don't know if people know that. You think highlights and you say, you know, I'm just going to go get a quick recap. But it's not like that. Some of these highlights, they're extended. That's the key word here. You're talking six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 12 minutes, it just depends on the game how much and how much action there was. I'm enjoying it a lot. I've definitely seen some 12, 13 minute extended highlights. That's the beauty because when you re when you don't have the chance to watch these games, if you're busy on the weekends or busy on your Wednesday evening, you can then go and you don't just watch the goals that happen. You get to see everything, all the action that happened on the field. So head over to YouTube page, youtube.com slash attacking third. We have everything for you guys. We're trying to pull out all the stops for our listeners. We want you to have all the content and all the information you need for every single aspect of this league from news, notes, highlights, pregames. We, we have it all, especially today. Like Sandra said, meaty episode. It's just, you know, we just rolled out of a weekend, a week and a weekend that had so much women's soccer action, whether it was the WICC or the Women's Cup or just general NWSL fixtures for the regular season. And now we're rolling into this week where we've got midweek NWSL action and additional matches coming up this weekend and a ton of news uh, that we've got to get into. So what we're going to do first is we want to hit everybody with the preview first. So let's take a look at these matches coming up on Wednesday, Kansas city NWSL versus racing Louisville FC. That'll be the first of the double header on Wednesday. 
And you know what? We've got Racing Louisville coming off of an impressive inaugural Women's Cup title. Uh, it's going to be, I know the last time we previewed these two teams, this is going to be their second time playing each other, Lisa. And we kind of were like, well, it's the number nine and the number 10 team in the league, but there's a huge gap in points difference, especially and it's the same scenario in this one. Once again, even though they're nine and 10, you've got 18 points and seven points, you know, but you know, in terms of the actual uh, standings. So when we're looking at this match, you got to think, Kansas City coming off of a loss, racing coming off of a pretty pretty big weekend of their own. Who do you got in this match? And what are you going to be looking at? Or why, why should people watch this match? Yeah, there's a lot of factors that go into this. And, and Racing Louisville coming off their first franchise win, they, they, were, they were able to raise a trophy, huge celebration. And at home, I think the spirits are high. The momentum is high. They have a lot of confidence heading into this game. Um, yeah, ranks number nine and ten, but... 18 points for racing and Kansas city has seven. Remember they got to win everyone. Um, but you also have to look at full season schedule, not just NWSL, but taking into account the women's cup games, this will be racing Louisville's fourth game since August 15th. That is 11 days and four games. And they have another one on Sunday that will preview later this week. But the player management and minute, manage, minute management here from Christy Holly for Racing Louisville is so important heading into this game because when you look at a team like Kansas City, they only have seven points on the season. They only have one win. So this might be a game that we'll see some big-time Racing Louisville players get some rest. Um, so don't be surprised if you get starting lineups for this game and you don't see big stars starting or at least they probably won't play 90 minutes i can't imagine they will we even saw that the last time they came out in the women's cup final there was so many new starters i think eight of 11 new starters on the pitch um and we're recording this before injury reports came out but for racing Louisville, it, it honestly doesn't matter if they have michelle Betos in goal or katie lund uh lund proved that she can do anything just as good as anyone else in goal for racing Louisville. so i have to give this one to racing uh, with the momentum, despite having all these games in such a short window, they they have the momentum, they have the confidence, and they're a really good team uh, looking to get three points in Wednesday's match. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, in terms of picks, even with the quick turnaround, I think a team like Racing has a, a lot of momentum heading into to this match. I mean, they're riding high off of their performances in the Women's Cup. One of those matches, which counted for them as an NWSL fixture, where they split the points with Chicago Red Stars. So uh, I'm I'm taking racing in this one, Lisa. Who you got? I have racing. I have racing as well. I think it could be tight, though. I think Kansas City could um, give Louisville a, a little bit of pressure, um, just because Kansas City um, has played racing before, and also they haven't played this many games in in this few amount of days. But I do think racing will come out on top with this one, but tight. So like a one nil or t- or two one. Uh, win yeah. for racing. I could see that for sure. I mean, wins are motivating, but big losses are also motivating too. Kansas City <laughs> coming off of that 4-0 loss. So we'll see what happens uh, with that one. Uh, circle that on your calendar if you want to catch the earlier of the two games that are taking place on Saturday because we have NWSL action after dark hitting us this week. We've got Portland Thorns FC versus New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Central Standard Time on CBS Sports Network. I know that's the one we're going to be watching, Lisa. 
Uh, definitely. I will be having caffeine all throughout the day on Wednesday so I can stay up late and watch this one. We did the early morning share for the Olympics and now NWSL after dark, a late night one. This one's also on CBS Sports Network. Um, so love to have a network game. Um, sometimes they're a little bit harder for me to find because I'm used to going to Paramount Plus, but I'm excited to watch this one. Uh, Gotham has 21 points and Portland has 29 points. Um, this is also a big game because Carly Lloyd is back. I know it's, they've already played another one. So second game of her last 10. I mean, she's announced her retirement. So people, you got to watch these games with Carly Lloyd in them because you never know what's going to happen. Um, Sandra, I know we're going to jump into all the news with head coach Freya Coombe, but because of what's happening at Gotham, um, they're coming off the loss to O.L. Reign. Uh, the changes with Freya Coombe and, and the announcement that she's leaving at the end of this year, I think Portland wins this game. They're undefeated in their last nine games. They they just won the WICC coming off of that huge win over Lyon. They have momentum. They have so, so much depth on the roster. They're playing at home. There's just a lot of factors leaning towards the Thorns way. I, I think Portland takes this one in the bag. What about you? Who do you have? You know, it's number one versus number five. You know, I think I think people look at that and it's just that immediately sort of draws you in. Um, 29 points versus 21 points. You know, Gotham gets a win in this one. It could shake the standings up. Once again, they they shake up every week when it comes to the NWSL this regular season. But, you know, coming off of ICC, and we're talking about motivating factors here, you've got Gotham with the return of, of Carly Lloyd. And again, we, we are recording this, you know, before an injury report was announced from the the league. But, you know, somebody like Mitch Purse has been out for Gotham for some times. And even if she would make a return, um, this is all hypothetical, of course. You know, there's no, there's not a lot of uh, knowledge in terms of where she would be at in terms of fitness-wise and what she could provide on the pitch, um, you know, for the team. But Providence Park is always a special place to, to play, whether you're the home side or the opposition. And we hear all the time about how much opposing teams like to come into Portland and really have that effect on the crowd and kind of silence them and, and do all that kind of stuff. And the last time they had a big match in Portland was in the challenge cup and it went all the way to, to penalty kicks and Carly Lloyd came up huge, you know, in, in that match then too. So, you know, this, this could be a real turning point for Gotham if they do come out with the win on this one. But there's a lot of ifs. There's too many ifs for me for Gotham. And that also includes the coach, who I don't think will be there on the sideline in this game. Um, and Portland coming off the ICC win that they had just showed, again, the type of team that they are. And they've also got all their Olympians back now as well, Lisa. So it's not just Carly Lloyd making big moves for, for Gotham. It's, you know, Lindsey Horan, Crystal Dunn, Christine Sinclair for Portland. So we're going to see a good win in this one, but I'm also, I'm going to go with Portland in this one as well. I think they're going to take a, take the win on this, and this match on CBS sports network. Uh, exciting stuff. I'm, we're going to be back to, to recap all that. And we're going to be back after a quick break to get into the actual news portion of this episode. So first we're going to hydrate. Cheers, Lisa. And we'll be right back. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. 
With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. News, 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 news. But it's it almost feels like it's all out of one place, Lisa. It's all out of the West Coast. Angel, this is the Angel City FC news segment of this episode. We've got a coaching announcement that we've got to get to, and we've got a first player signing announcement for Angel City. Let's just start at the top. Monday was a wild day for the new cycle out of Angel City. They announced Freya Coombe as their new head coach for 2022. She is set to uh, initially was set to leave Gotham at the end of the 2021 season. That is how this release and all of the news coming out around it was initially reported. Uh, but there's some updated news around this particular part of this hiring because there's a regular season that's happening right now, Lisa. Yeah. You can't have a coach saying she's going to a different team in the same league who will be competition, who has to prepare for an expansion expansion draft, who has to scout, who has to get new players signed, focusing on a, a current team that she is at. Um, and Freya Coombe, I mean, just to, Take a little waltz down history lane. She started in 2019 with Gotham, formerly Sky Blue FC, and she took over as the interim head coach. So she has been there for two and a half seasons. Um, and earlier this year, she was saying how this was really her first full season because 2020, as so many people have have reflected on that didn't like fully count. There was the challenge cup, then the fall series, but you didn't have a lot of time with your team. So in the past year, or two years, head coach Freya Coombe has grown this team from just an interim head coach to um, going, I think, the semifinal of the 2020 Challenge Cup. Um, then she saw the entire rebuild from Sky Blue to Gotham FC. She was spearheading that, and it was a full-scale rebuild for her. And then in May of 2021, the Challenge Cup, she took uh, Gotham to the final. So she's grown this team, and she has proven that she's a pretty good coach that people like her and and everything like that um so when these reports came out um it's a it's a mixed bags of feelings for me because for angel city i am so happy for them i am so happy for Frey Coombe that she can take a club and a team and build it from the ground up we saw her with the rebuild with gotham and she did a great job with it so i think that Having her at the helm of Angel City is huge. It's a female head coach. It's they're they're 
rallying around the fact that there are women led organization and club. So that is really good to see. But the reports that she was staying until the end of the season were a little skeptical to me. I wouldn't want to be playing, yeah. listening to a coach that's about to be my competitor in a few months and who's scouting teams for her new club. How much is she really caring about the squad that she is supposed to be coaching right now? So we predict some different reports. Um, again, we're recording this now uh, before <laughs> anything has officially come out. Things are always changing in this league, though. But, Sandra, I mean, the, the decision for – this announcement to come out and how it came out, what were your initial reactions to the fact that she's staying the rest of the season, the announcement that she was supposed to stay the rest of the season? I felt like my reactions (laughs) were changing every hour on the hour, quite frankly, because the sequence of events, quite frankly, that happened on on, on Monday were uh, pretty rapid. Um, We had this announcement that happened and there was, it was a mixed bag of reaction. There was a lot of positivity around it, but there was also a prior timeline leading up to this announcement as well for Angel City. There were some rumors about their ongoing coaching search that had connected them with North Carolina Courage and their assistant coach pool with Sanejas. And the reaction from the fan base to that connection was not positive and so much to the point where the club released a statement on their Twitter just sort of saying that the coaching search was ongoing that there are multiple candidates in consideration and that when the coaching decision is made it will be the right decision for Angel City so a lot of that reaction really was it really was prompted by the way Angel City has sort of carried themselves since their introduction to the league. They they came out with this large investor group full of star power from all different facets of industry, whether it's, you know, music, entertainment, you know, acting, Hollywood in general, tech, sports, all over the place, right? So many names that are so recognizable, but a huge, huge part of this was that so many of these owners were women, And that was something that I think a lot of the core fan base that is currently, you know, growing, helping to grow the fan culture around this team have really sort of, uh, you know, hung on to and and really bought into, quite frankly. So when initial reports of this broke, the reaction was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean it's not a a woman that is actually being considered this coach, which at the time I don't think was necessarily accurate because we're seeing now they named Trey Kuma as their head coach, but just that reaction by itself, you knew they were listening because they, they put out a, a, a statement on their Twitter and for Gotham, a similar scenario happened. We saw in this initial reporting that Freya Kuhn was slated to stay on with Gotham through the season. And that actually came out through, you know, reporting via Meglin Hannah at the athletic and a lot of people took notice in that and were like, that that doesn't make sense. Why would that be allowed uh, that that's not okay? And additional context was provided that, you know, permission was given to interview Freykum, that there were, you know, at the time, you know, blessings and, and good feelings. But I have to imagine that now, I have to imagine that now it's just awkward, that it's awkward now. 
Lisa. It has to be. It has to be. There has to be some weird vibes happening in, yes. in the Gotham Clubhouse. Yeah. And it was enough to the point where we have Gotham FC who released some statements on their Twitter of their own. So they announced a thank you tweet. And usually a thank you tweet means that there is a process of separation. So they released a thank you tweet of their own saying, thank you, Freya. Ownership thanks Coach Coombe for her outstanding two and a half years of service with Gotham FC. She has led us to increase success on the field and helped us develop a strong, gritty culture representative of our communities. We will miss Coach Coombe and wish her nothing but success in L.A., except when she plays us. Ownership and interim general manager Yale Everbush West are working with Coach Coombe to ensure a smooth coaching transition. Lisa, when we talked a little bit about some of the in our previous like news and notes episode, we talked about how Gotham FC made additional hires to their front office. And one of them was interim GM, Yali Bush West in light of the departure of the former GM, Elise LeHue. And we were talking about like, wow, like what a position that's a tough role to be in. Uh, how is she going to find the time? And and now she's already going to have to, you know, throw her, throw her GM cap on and get to work on, on this scenario. So I don't think you put out, you know, a tweet like that and the wording of that tweet and expect to see this coach on the sideline with this team on Wednesday against Portland Thorns FC. Uh, how and who and when they're going to put somebody in a position there is yet to be seen. Again, we will probably talk about that on this podcast at a later time once the news come out, comes out about that. But uh, there's just there were just too many question marks around having this coach stay on with this team it's it's just quite literally a direct conflict and there's been a lot of coaching scenarios coming up in the league this year Lisa whether it's been what we've discussed with Washington Spirit and the ongoing investigations around Richie Burke uh, the departure of Mark Skinner who also went to accept another coaching position with another team um, and then having in a different league in, in a, a completely different league, in a different yeah. just yes, just for context. <laughs> this is additional context purposes, right? For what we're talking about here, and then having you know Mark Parsons, um, you know, and the Portland Thorns, they got in front of things and said, "Listen, this is happening." Mark Parsons was offered a position to coach a senior women's national team, the Netherlands team, and he will stay on with this club side until the end of the year and will, you know, be gone to go and pursue that opportunity. And you got to wonder if both of these teams or, or the league by some extension took a look at all these scenarios and thought, Oh yes, this is the best one. And we will follow this and it will be accepted and it will make sense and it will work. Uh, except it's not the same scenario. It's a, no, no, no. It's it's a completely different uh, scenario. This is a, this is an interleague, you know, move. And uh, you are an expansion. Like if you're an expansion team coming into the league in 2022, the work is already happening. The work is already in progress. We, 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 see, we see what Angel City has been doing. You know, week in, week out, month to month since their announcement, San Diego and all making the hires that they have been making, whether it's bringing on somebody like Jill Ellis in, in an administrative capacity and then hiring somebody like Casey Stoney to lead uh, the team as head coach. Moves are happening. You're building your team already. So I think that that's a little amateurish, quite frankly, to have made that assumption 
that the perception of that would have been acceptable or even okay uh, to have your head coach stay on through the remainder of a season with one NWSL club team while waiting to go and coach another. Um, so and it looks like they're receptive to everything that's been coming out. And it sounds like the wheels are moving in motion to maybe make a more formal separation midseason. Not only the perception from the fans, but also think about the players. Think yeah. about even Freya Coombe. She's she has to think about an expansion draft. She has to be yeah. scouting other teams. She has a lot of moving parts at Angel City that she needs to get there and, and start organizing and figuring things out. Like you said, Angel City is making moves left, right, and center, and she needs to be part of that. And she can't be focusing on one team while – or. Per- rather pretending to focus on one team in Gotham while I'm sure her mind is preoccupied with everything happening in LA with Angel City. Yeah. That there's no way that she even feels super comfortable with walking into the training room because as a player, your coach walks in and says, Hey, this is what we're going to do. It's like, really, do you have my best interest at heart? Do you even like want us to win? And that's not her fault. She has a new job that she has to start preparing for. And Honestly, it's her job now to make yeah. Angel City a great team and prepare them for the new yeah. season. Yeah, a hundred, a hundred percent in agreement with you on that, Lisa. I mean, I think I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, and I'm going to actually take the example of the interim GM in Yale, Avery Bush West, who kind of mentioned that you know in in the announcement and sort of some of the the media that she did in within that announcement of her new role alluded to the fact that you know the former GMs of this club, Gotham or Sky Blue, had to wear many, many hats. And that's a difficult thing to do. Everybody loves to be a multitasker or say that they're a multitasker, but the truth is, is that it's very difficult to multitask. And especially when you're in these types of positions of a pro sports team. So the the fact that you know, somebody like whom thought that maybe they could wear these two coaching hats at the same time. That is very, very gutsy. And I commend her bravery and wanting to take that on, quite frankly. But that is a huge, huge, huge responsibility to put on yourself. And this can only be beneficial, I think, to both sides moving forward. And there's a difference between wearing multiple hats in the same organization doing different roles. This is the same role, the same job. Yeah for two different clubs that doesn't yeah. work <laughs> it's it doesn't not how it works sense. guys come on <laughs> it doesn't make sense make it make sense and i think they're gonna try to me they're gonna try they're gonna try to to make it make sense uh we'll we'll see this is I'll be waiting yeah this is the part uh this is the part of the the news uh that dropped that will probably be ongoing of a part mm-hmm. of it that we'll have to revisit obviously but Angel City has their coach. That's the one true thing that we know as of right now, and it's going to be Freya Kuhn moving forward. They also announced their first player signing, and Kristen Press is signing with Angel City FC. They acquired Press's rights or player rights from Racing Louisville in exchange for Angel City's first-round pick in 2022, $75,000 in allocation money, and full roster protection from Angel City in the expansion draft. It was a huge signing, um, one that has huge personal significance, obviously, for both the club and the player. Um, 
Kristen Press is a California native. She's always, you know, been very open about her, her love about being from the Los Angeles area. And now that there is a Los Angeles club in NWSL, she is rightfully headed home. It's, it's exciting. And uh, the club is already rallying around that. There's some great merch out there already, you know, the LA para LA. I love that (laughs) one in Spanish from LA for LA. It's so, it's so good. So uh, it was very exciting to see this news and it happened right one after the another, right. As soon as uh, Coombe was announced, we started to see some, some more breaking news for that. It was uh, from other outlets. And then eventually the club released a a little bit of content around it of their own. But, uh, you know, Kevin Baxter at the LA times with some initial reporting, um, the club did decline when asked about this, but in terms of potential details, of the current contract for Kristen Press, uh, sources said that negotiation confirmed that it was about three seasons for potentially more than seven hundred thousand. Uh, that, if true, that would make her the highest paid player uh, in the league and in its history. And it's in, it's impressive, and it's uh, it's a big contract for a big player. What were your thoughts when you saw some of this news break, Lisa? Like you said, Sandra, one after the other, it was, I honestly don't really know which one came first across my timeline. Was it the press <laughs> news or was it the Freya Coom news? It either was way, <laughs> it was technically Freya, but um, either way, it was Angel City all over Twitter and all over my timeline, which congrats to them. They're making moves and they're making a, a big splash in this league with this new club, this expansion club. And this is a huge signing. Um everyone knew that press was going to end up there, but I think kudos to racing Louisville for how they executed this and what they got. They got the first round pick in 2022. They got full roster protection from angel city in this expansion draft, which is huge because Louisville Mm -hmm. just had the expansion draft. So all their players, of course they want to keep them. It's only been what eight months together we need to keep developing so that's a great negotiation tool and then the $75,000 in allocation money so really nice job by racing Louisville to leverage what they can for the player's rights that they had that ultimately was always going to make her way to Angel City Um, never played a game at home press there was never a club there she's played across the world and in three different countries, so many different clubs, I think like eight different clubs in, during her professional career. And LA is her home. So this two-year deal, three-year option, three-year deal, there's a little bit of uncertainty about the exact specifications of the deal she was given. Um, but this homecoming is so big, and not just for her, but for the city. And, and you mentioned some of the merch that's already out there, but Angel City is a club that is looking to really make their mark in the community and in the city, in a city that is already a huge sports city in LA for angel city. They need to really establish a connection with the community and with the fan base. And in bringing a hometown player like Kristen press, who is a huge name player as well. Everyone knows her name in the soccer world and beyond bringing her home, who has a direct connection with the community because she's from there and she is the community is just going to do wonders for the club's brand, uh, for, their fan base um, for the culture because press understands the LA culture. She's uh, fluent in Spanish. She's bilingual. So she can speak to the fans and speak to the community, which is huge for a a football club in in that area. And also a new club really honestly looking to make their mark and make their connection Um, all around. This is a good deal for people. We knew it was coming. 
Um, I, I like this. I like to see this. Now, this isn't part of the news, Sandra, but Tobin Heath, is anything going to happen? <laughs> yeah, I think if you're looking at Racing Louisville, you, you know, you, you saw two players that they took in an expansion draft that ultimately have not reported to the club or, you know, it, haven't spent time. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't, they haven't spent, you know, time with the club. Uh, So I think maybe perhaps you're looking at a player like Tobin Heath and and wondering what's going to be the next step for, for that player. Um, Where is she sort of setting her sights on? Is she going to stay in Europe? Right. Uh, Last time both of these players uh, played for club, it was for, for Manchester United in England. And uh, Tobin Heath had uh, quite a season up until she suffered that injury, unfortunately, uh, but was really doing things uh, over with Manchester for that. So, so who knows? I mean, there's multiple clubs across the NWSL that I'm sure would be interested in a player of that caliber, um, including two clubs that are entering the league next year. Although this is a big, big player to get for LA. So I'm not too sure if they go after uh, a similar player, you know, now is really the we're, sh- we're starting to see the work, right. They announced the coach, they announced the first player signing. And uh, I don't know if a lot of people who are maybe casual fans uh, who maybe look at sort of the headlines and look at the reports and say, well, are you really going to, you know, build a team around a, a 30 plus year old player? And the answer is it's if it's Kristen press. The answer is yes. Yeah. Um, and quite frankly, if, if this is your first main attacking uh, piece or your first offensive piece, I mean, what a great piece to get. I mean, this is a player who has just really turned things on um, during this last most recent years of her career. Quite frankly, it was probably the most, if not the one number one forward going into the Olympics. Top option was starting consecutive matches. Uh, but she's been she's been playing in the league for quite some time. And, uh, you know, this is a player who we've seen play in different positions, quite frankly, along the top line. Um, I covered her out in Chicago. I got to see her out of position, quite frankly, and the attack in sort of an attacking mid role. And guess what? She was pretty damn good at that position as well. And now we're in recent years, we seeing her on, you know, fluctuating on either side of the wing. Um, so just a very versatile attacking player. And uh, it's going to be really interesting to see who else they kind of bring in to help continue facilitate things out on the pitch. Uh, it's exciting. This was a big, big announcement. And unlike the the Freya Kuma announcement, this was an announcement out of Angel City that I saw very little negative reaction to. It was one that just sort of made a lot of sense uh, for all the parties involved. So, We'll have more updates as more stories progress on this. And uh, I'm excited to, to continue covering it. To close out our new segment, really exciting to actually talk about this. We love the opportunity to highlight the work that players are doing, quite frankly, uh, throughout the league and their, and their causes. But Nadi Nadim recently signed with uh, Racing Louisville FC. And uh, she is a Danish international but uh, has ties to Afghanistan as an Afghan player and a recent announcement that in partnership with the Women's Cup the formation of the Women's Cup for Afghanistan was born so there this foundation is looking to raise a hundred thousand dollars for Afghan women in light of all of the 
ongoing uh, situations going on over in Afghanistan that are kind of directly impacting uh, women, unfortunately, in this country. And so Nadi Nadim has really been in front of trying to facilitate these things here. So it's in partnership with the Women's Club, the mayor of Louisville, and the uh, the NWSL Club Racing Louisville and Gloria Football. It's a uh, it's an football app that talks about favorite players, teams. You can watch videos, show skills. It's it's a really fun app. Check it out if you can. But there's a GoFundMe page that has already been launched, uh, which says that over the last 10 days, a, a succession of Taliban victories over dozens of provincial capitals took Afghan women closer uh, to a past they desperately wanted to leave behind. And these women are now having to risk not only their lives, but that of their children and families in order to leave and save themselves and their families. So the most direct type of action is the dollar, unfortunately. And I know people are always looking for ways to try to help and maybe financially is not a way that people are able to do that. But if you're able, it doesn't really cost a lot of money to share the link, the GoFundMe page to try to collect some more donations. So the goal is a hundred thousand dollars. I believe that are at around $35,000 at the time of our recording. Um, so please check out more information. Um, just really overwhelming and in, in a number of ways, honestly, Lisa, but to, to have, Somebody like Nadia Nadeep in this league, and we talk a lot about her ability as a, as a player, but quite frankly, her ability is just a person, just unparalleled. Just uh, when I read all this and what they were doing, it was, uh, it was really, really amazing to read. It really moving to hear that she, Nadia Nadim, is behind the Women's Cup for Afghanistan. And honestly, not surprising from what I know about Nadim and what I've heard from her teammates and her coaches um, and seen from her on her social media. And she did a TED Talk a few years ago about her story. Go watch it. It's amazing. She is a person that wants to change the world and she is changing the world, whether it's a little thing every single day or a huge movement like this, trying to raise so much money for Afghan women and just looking to make a difference. Um, a, a few weeks ago, I asked head coach of Racing Louisville, Christy Holly, about Nadia Nadim and the impact she's making on the field, but also about the impact she's making off the field. And he kind of bypassed my question about being on the field because her impact off the field is so much more that she came into a city like Louisville and walked around and said, I want to make a change here. I want to be a light that brings a lot of people out of darkness in this city. And that's what she looks at when she goes places, which is so phenomenal. And to have a platform uh, of playing soccer and playing this game of football that she is so good at, that she's able to use her voice and use the platform of winning the Women's Cup at for Racing Louisville, the very first trophy for a club being played at home, the inaugural women's cup tournament that happened and she's an instrumental part in winning this and then automatically to turn that around and say we're going to help people with winning this and with soccer um so yeah there's a gofundme page we'll put it in the links of our youtube and our podcast description um they're they're sending donations to anyone there's three different uh, organizations, United Nations Women, Kentucky Refugee Ministries, and Catholic Charities of Louisville, three different organizations that are helping refugees and, and helping women. Um, a huge movement from Nadia Nadim and from Racing Louisville uh, for the Women's Cup for Afghanistan. There, it's always good to shine a light on players that are getting involved with their community, getting involved with their home countries. Uh, Nadim is from Afghanistan and 
this is huge. This is a huge movement. Um, and she has not been here very long in the NWSL and with Racing Louisville. And her voice is already loud and powerful to make change. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm glad that we were able to to highlight this on the show. This is something I think that, you know, in light of all the news that we've been talking about, something else that we'll also continue to, to keep an eye on uh, because they just launched this. So they're at 35K. The goal is 100K. I really, I've seen the women's soccer community do wonderful things, and I would not be surprised if this goal is uh, eventually met. I would love, love, love to see it. Um, please, 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 please donate and uh, save refugees uh, if, if you're able. Uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us today. Uh, always a delight to have you with us. Thank you so much for listening I do want to remind everyone that we are going to have a question and answer segment. We are going to have a mailbag. Ooh, it's going to rain out here in Chicago, apparently. The light just went away. Um, but we are going to have uh, the mailbag segment. I have been loving all of the questions. Lisa, I know you and I kind of been thrumming through them. And we are going to have a time to sit down and answer some of these. We appreciate everyone. If this is new to you, you don't know what I'm talking about. We need you guys to leave Attacking Third a five-star review. And if you leave us a five-star review, you can ask us a question, which we will answer on a mailbag segment of our episodes. Okay? So I just want to hit you with that as we exit our episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Another reminder to follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast show. We're also available as video. So please subscribe to us on YouTube. Just visit youtube.com slash Attacking Third. And we will be back on Friday with a NWSL preview episode. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was a second. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So so. So so. So so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions and you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.